Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. Great job leading the service up to this point especially. Appreciate you being here. Look forward to an opportunity to open up the Word of God. Any chance to do so, I'm thankful for it. And appreciate uh, the fact that pastors um, asked me to do so tonight. So I come with the Word of God as a messenger of the message. And I hope you'll open up the Word of God to John 15. And as you turn there, we'll get there momentarily, not right away. But I want you just to be ready, if you would, to John 15. And uh, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know where it is, I'm sure. But John chapter 15, we'll look at a few verses in just a little bit. Have you found this to be true? That's not only what you say, but how you say it. And then what you're trying to say, maybe what you're trying to, maybe what you're thinking in your head is not necessarily coming out of your mouth or, or, or what you're saying, you're thinking it to be totally different. It's like the, the, the guy that says, I saw the saw, the man used to saw, down the tree. Did you catch that? There's a lot of different saws there, but I saw, I saw the saw, the man used to saw down the tree. These are called homonyms. The fair boy at the fair is being very fair with his siblings. What about seconds? Would you like to have seconds of the meal being served? Soup is my second choice. It took him 35 seconds to decide. I second that I love this church. A lot of different meanings going on there with the same word. And we used words and they carry different meanings and sometimes they mean what we say and then they sometimes they don't mean what we're saying and what we're thinking, but sometimes they come out. So let me tell you the title of this message is, What a Friend. What a Friend. And I want you to notice something. Just that exclamation point at the end. Because if there was a question mark there, then we would say, man, what a friend I have kind of almost in a derog- maybe a derogatory way, or, man, what a friend I have. Oh, man, you, I don't know about this friend I have. But that's not what it has there. It's an exclamation point. See, true friendship is not questionable. It doesn't come with a question. If you truly have a friend, and a man that has a friend is a rich person, and they're rich if you even have one friend. And so I want to just talk to you tonight a little bit about this. Not what a friend you have, but what a friend. Wow, what a friend. When you think of a friend, what do you think of? You you think of a a good, true friend, what kind of qualities do they have? What kind of attributes? Maybe who do you think of? When you think of what a friend, do you think of what a friend we have in Jesus? That's a true friend. 
You know, that song says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. You know, Jesus is the greatest friend we could ever have. He loves us at all times, no matter what we're going through, no matter what takes place, and He's there for us. Aren't you thankful that He never leaves you nor forsakes you? And I'm so thankful that no matter what, I talked to Him just a little while ago, but I talked to Him this morning as well, and if I don't get good sleep tonight and I wake up in the middle of the night, I can talk to Him again, and I can talk to Him at all times of the day, and He talks with me through His Word, I'm thankful He gave us His Word. Man, He's just there. He's always there. Be in a hospital room, be in a church house, wherever I am, in the car, walking, traveling, He's there, right? And I'm able to talk to Him. I'm so thankful for that. What a friend. What makes up the qualities of a good friend? You know, even in our friendships, they matter to God. Did you know who you choose as a friend matters to God? Who you choose as a life mate, obviously that's important. We would say that's the most, one of the most important decisions you ever make, aside from salvation. And you should have a friend before you choose them as a life mate. They should be your best friend. And they should continue to be your best friend. You should still date them after, you've, after they become your mate. But the type of friend we are and the type of friends we have and who you choose as your friends is very important. You know this, we should be friendly to all people, but not all people can become our true good friend because we've got to be very particular about that one. Ben Franklin said this, he said, Be slow in choosing a friend and be even slower in changing friendships. Think about that. Be slow in choosing a friend and be even slower in changing friendships. Why? Friendships matter. Who you choose to be your friend. You know, they, what do they say? Who you hang around, you'll become like. Right? Heard that before? And so you got to be careful who you hang around and what they do. Because, you know, this true good friends can be trusted. But, you know, a true good friend can be trusted so much that they, it can become treason. You trust them that much, they'll turn on you. Treason. You have to be careful. You have solid, meaningful friendships. I want, you, I want you to notice tonight just three things simply. It's obviously not exhaustive. It's not all that friendship um, holds or has or, or attains or all the qualities of friendship. We'd be here all night and, and, in, and through the, the rest of the week. But just three things tonight I want to give to you, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And I hope you'll listen in such a way that it'll be a help to you. And I hope you won't listen like the husband that told his friend, I'm I'm really concerned about my wife. I mean, she just keeps on walking around the house and she keeps on talking. And I don't know if she's talking to herself or what's going on. And the friend said, "What well, do you do? You know what's wrong, or you, you know what's taking you know what's taking place, or what's happening? And why why is she doing this?" And the husband said, "Well, not really. I I think." that she thinks I'm listening to her the whole time she's talking. And I hope you won't do that tonight. That's not true friendship. That's not true friendship at all. And the importance of a true friendship can be seen in the Word of God. Aren't there a lot of friendships in the Word of God? And I think of David. He had a friend named Jonathan. That's probably one of my favorites to think about. The friendship of Jonathan and David is a shining, I mean, it's a shining 
a shining example of, of love and, and sacrificial love and, and loyalty. And, it, and that's found in 1 Samuel 20. But David runs to Jonathan and, and uh, David is, is finding out that you know, Jonathan is telling him his, his father Saul is out to kill him. Remember the story? The biblical account. And to honor his father, Jonathan takes an oath to, to test and see if, if Saul's intentions are really suspicious or, or really if they're right or if they're wrong. And, and Jonathan finds out that, no, it's true. Um, his, his dad's coming after David. David has to hide for his life. And David and Jonathan, they come together and they have to say their goodbyes and they have to say their farewells. And it says this, it says that David didn't, and, and Jonathan didn't just cry, but, but David wept the most because of Jonathan being such a true friend. And I think one of the sweetest pieces of loyalty is revealed after Jonathan's death and after Saul. And what does David do? David takes his son. You, I hear some of you saying it. You know the, story, the biblical account. And his crippled son and watches over that son and takes care of that son for a long time. This is after Jonathan's dead. I mean, Jonathan's not around. David didn't have to do that. But David did that because of his friendship being so strong and so loyal. One that confused me all the time as a kid was Elijah and Elisha. Just because they're so close in, in, in a, you know, you say Elijah and Elisha, there's only a matter of a few letters difference in their name. They are two different people. But uh, these men were friends. You remember Elisha? He had the privilege of of serving alongside the great prophet Elijah. And then it was time to, for Elijah to move on and go to the next town. And, and he tells Elisha, you, you should stay back. And Elisha says, oh no, I'm going with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going with you where, wherever you go. And I'm not going to tarry here. And, and I'm going to go. And as the Lord liveth, he says, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And so they go down to Bethel. And a little while later, Elijah and, I, Elijah and Elisha, it's confusing to even say it, Elijah and Elisha, they, they go and they, the Jordan River and they, they see as, as they walk across dry land together, but then something happens. What happens? Well, here these two friends are, are chatting and, and, and uh, talking, and then Elisha asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and it's almost as if just a little while later, it wasn't much longer, what happens? Elijah is separated by a chariot and, and horses of fire, and in a whirlwind, just goes up. There he's gone. Remember the story? And Elijah and Elisha, I mean, they were there to, to the end of each other's life. What about another friendship? What about Paul and Timothy? I mean, Paul was Timothy's mentor. So much so that often Paul would reference Timothy as his own son. That's pretty close friendship when you almost, in a way, adopt somebody as family. Ladies, what about Ruth and Naomi? Remember Ruth? I mean, Naomi was having a difficult time. She lost her husband. And then just not even uh, 10 years later, or excuse me, within 10, excuse me, within 10 years, both of her sons die. But what does Ruth do? I mean, Naomi's ready to get, go, on, go, go on and, and actually go to Judah. And she's heard that the Lord meets people there and that, that the Lord's been there and that the Lord's going to meet meet her there as her hopes, and she desires to just be done with all the memories and, uh, and all, all the things that have come to her because of where her husband was, you know, all the, all the things that, that just come face to face with and the reminders. 
her sons, and she says, I'm not even going to take my daughters-in-laws. I don't want anybody to come with me. And what does Ruth say? Ruth says, I'm going to cling to you. I'm going to be there. I'm staying with you. And Ruth clung to her in Ruth 1.14. Paul and Barnabas. Interesting. Interesting. Account. Barnabas wanted John, a surname Mark, to go with him. Remember this? And, and Paul. And remember, they had, it's almost like they had a falling out. It's almost as if they, they, they found out they needed to go their separate ways. And Paul thought it best to choose a man by the name of Silas. And then you have uh, Barnabas who chose Mark. And they go their separate ways. And get this, please. Never one time in the Word of God do you see them criticizing each other. Not even one time. Never one time are they critical. See, they're brothers in Christ, but they know they're not identical twins. Did you catch that? And so they know there's some differences, but then it's, it's so amazing, it's almost as if right before Paul is martyred, what does he, who does he call back? Who does he say, hey, I want him to come with me and, and bring him, and, and he's good for me, profitable for the ministry? It's, it's Mark. See, kindness is always necessary. Moses and Aaron, I mean, on and on and on the list can go, quite the friendships. But can I tell you, there's a friendship that you and I can have, and it's Jesus and you. And what a friend. I mean, to think that there's no greater friendship that can be had than the one between Jesus and you. Before your and I's baby cries broke through the air, He knew you. He knew what you would look like the unique makeup of your personality, the thoughts and the plans He had for you. Jesus knew every sin that you and I would commit, and yet he's, He still laid down His life at the foot of the cross, he, and He shed His blood for each and every one of them, past, present, and future. There's compassion that Jesus has for you in the silent struggles that no one else knows about, the strongholds that maybe. Uh, have a hold of your life, and you're, you're doing, doing well to try to break free from those strongholds. He's the God of all comfort. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And He always has compassion and love and care more available than you and I can ever imagine. And He will continue to. And He has everything we need and more. So now we come to Luke. To, um, to look, excuse me, look with me, if you would, to the book of John. John chapter 15 and verse 13. Verse 13. And maybe, I don't know if you're in the habit of underlining, I'm going to give you a couple words to underline here as we read through these few verses. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Back to verse 13, would you underline the words lay down? 
In verse 14, if you're in the habit of underlining, would you underline the words, my friends? And then, would you underline in verse 16, chosen you? None of these things can happen without Jesus. It's been said, if you have one good friend, you are rich. It's been said, happy is the man who has a friend, happier is the man who is a friend. Happiest is the man who has a friend and is a friend. I came across this statement recently, this question. If you had friends based upon the type of friend that you are, would you have good, true friends? Something to think about. What is true friendship? Friendship is more of a give than it is a take, by the way. And look at verse 13. It's, it goes this far. It can go this far to lay down your life for your friends. That's sacrifice. Very much sacrifice. But see, when you have the right type of friend and what a friend to have that somebody who's willing to lay down their life for you and to think about how Jesus did that, obviously. And Jesus is the one who can say this. I love this. Think about this with me. Would you look at this verse 13? It says, Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Do you realize this? Listen closely, please. Jesus didn't lay down his life for just friends. He laid down his life for his enemies. And can I tell you something even worse? You and I are the enemies. You say, how can you say that? Well, let me tell you this, that it, this is very, very important. The matter is that he laid down his life for his friends and his enemies, but you and I were the enemies. In Romans 5.10 it says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That didn't put you in a good place. With God, but God loved you enough to die for you when you weren't His friend. You were His enemy. And yet He died for His friends as well. So He covered it all. We know this, for God so loved the world that He gave the one begotten Son, whosoever believed in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That, that whosoever means anybody, friend or enemy. But I just want you to think about that. I mean, so there's a reason that God can say greater love because He showed His greater love. He proved it. And, that, and then he tells us in verse 12 that you love one another as I have loved you. He's got the right to say it because he did it. And what a friend is sacrifices in a way of, number one, being faithful. Just be faithful. To be faithful, you know, it takes setting other things aside for what is the best thing. Luke 16 says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You realize Proverbs 17 says, a friend loveth at all times. That's faithfulness. At all times. That gets tested. Anybody can be a friend to someone when it's sunny outside and when it's a clear day, but let the rain start pouring down. Let the, let the uh, clouds be you know, overcast and then see who's there. That's someone who's faithful. See, a real friend is one who loves you after you blow it. A real friend sticks with you through thick and thin, day in and day out. It doesn't matter whether you got an up or a down. And Proverbs 27 says this, Thine own friend and thy father's friend 
forsake not. Man, I wish I had that type of friend. You know what the answer is? Be that type of friend. That's the answer. A man that had friends must show himself. Show himself? Wait a second. What, why did God put that in there? On purpose. Every word matters. And it hasn't changed for 2023, for the month of May. We're, we're into a new month now. No, it's still the same. A man that had friends must show himself friendly. And you say, well, that's not my natural way to go. And, and, I, and I'm with you. You know, not all the time do I want to talk to everybody and anybody, right? You with me? You hear that? Everybody or anybody? Sometimes you feel that way, but you know what? Our feelings are up and down, but you know what? The Bible says this, that I got to be that type of friend. And so the, do the best you can be to, to be that for someone else and be that friend. Genuine friends, it's costly. It's sacrificial. It's, it's going to cost you some money. <laughs> you know what to be true? You have one of those type of friends? It's not going to just cost you money. It's going to cost you work. It's going to cause you eff- cost you effort. It's going to be costly in, the, in demands of time and, and being there when no one else is willing to. And I'm just going to say this, fair-weather friends are a dime a dozen. I mean, you could find them anywhere. But someone who is there with you through thick and thin, that's a true friend. Someone who understands your silence. Someone who understands your silence. It's a real friend. Someone who comes in when the rest of the world goes out. That's a, that's a true friend. Job found that out, did he not? Boy, Job thought he had some friends, and boy, they turned on him. And let me tell you another one. What about the prodigal son? He had all kinds of friends show up when he had the money. Where were they when the pigs were running around him? Where were they when he had the mud all over his face? Where were they when he stunk like those pigs? Right? See, Proverbs 19.4 says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Someone said this, Prosperity begets friendship. Adversity reveals them. That's good. See, a true friend is there through thick and thin. They're faithful. You know that all of us have a desire to have a longing for friendship. You know, we were created to have friendships, to want to be a friend, to have friends. And for for those of us that, you know, want to have someone else who understands our hurts and our pains and our wants and our needs and, and our victories and our losses and just knows us and loves us and doesn't care about all that and just is there for us and just is faithful. And one of the greatest and deepest needs of our heart is for friendship. I remind you this, please keep in mind these verses. Jesus. In my Bible, it's all red. I mean, all these chapters around John, they're all just in red letters because Jesus is saying this because Jesus, when you're void of any friendship, I mean, any friendship, whatever it might be, whether it be a mate, whether it be uh, maybe you don't have many friends, maybe you sit here tonight and think, man, I wish I had some friends, and, and I'm trying to be that type of friend. Any void of friendship can be filled with Jesus. Any void, it can be filled with Jesus. You may say, my friends aren't there when I, when I needed them the most. Jesus is there when you need them the most. And He's always there. And He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Because He says in verse 12, I have loved you. And when Jesus says something, you can take it to the bank. And you can cash it in. And it won't bounce. 
and it is there, and it is good. And Jesus laid down his life for his friends, and Jesus laid down his life for his enemies as well. And it's just interesting to me, and that, that thought, when it came to my mind, man, I, I was an, I'm an enemy. I was an enemy of Christ until I accepted Christ. And wait, wait a second, I couldn't even accepted him until I had to trust in what he did for me and how he laid down his life, and he loved me that much. Sure did. Greater love hath no man than that, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. Secondly, if you're, what a friend, man, what a friend I have, and, and rejoicing in that, wow, what a friend, exclamation point, not a question mark. Then you're going to you're going to help to have others go forward in their walk with God. That's a true friend. Matter of fact, I'll say this: this is not in my notes, but if you don't have that kind of friend and they're they're taking you away from God, get rid of them, ditch them, whatever you want to say, stop being around them. You know, we would say, well, tell it to the teenagers. Well, tell it to the adults, and tell it to everyone, kids, teens, adults. It goes for all of us. If somebody's taking you further away from God, they're not a true friend to you anyways. And they're taking you from the greatest friend you could ever have. So you, you, you think it's worth it? It's not. I find it interesting in, in verse 14, it says, Ye are my friends if ye do. What? If you do? You mean something's on me? A responsibility for me to do something? Yeah, it is. If you do whatsoever I command you. God, I want to be your friend. Well, okay, you want to be my friend, then do what I've commanded you to do. See, Abraham was a friend of God because he was busy about doing what God wanted to do. Moses, a friend of God, because he was busy doing about what God wanted him to do. You never hear that Lot in Sodom was a friend of God. He wasn't doing what God wanted him to do. See, these men were obeying God. Obedience to Christ shows you are abiding with Christ. Say that again. Obedience to Christ shows you're abiding with Christ. In James 4, would you turn there with me, James 4, the opposite of this, James 4, just a few books over and closer to the back of the Bible, James 4, verse 1 says, From whence come wars... James 4, 1. James chapter 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that warn you members. Ye lust and have not, ye kill, and desire to have. Cannot obtain. It sounds like we're talking about our world, doesn't it? Ye fight and war. Continuing on. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss. Why? Because ye are doing it to consume it upon your own lust. The adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That's not the way to go. See, a true friend makes you a better person. They urge you to do right, not wrong. They urge you to move forward in your walk with God. They don't, they don't try to get you to go against your conscience. They don't try to go, get you to go against God's Word. And if God's Word says it, it's good enough for you, and it's good enough for me, and it's good enough to take it. And who has a friend that gives them biblical advice? That's a true friend. And if you have somebody like that, praise God for them. And if you don't, just be that to someone else. And provide biblical counsel. Man, can you imagine a friend that takes you to the Bible every time you had a question? Can you imagine that that... You had that kind of friend? Can you imagine if 
you got a text from your friend that was a Bible verse. I get a text from a friend every morning. He's in this room tonight, and I thank God for him because many times he doesn't realize I needed that exact verse. And I thank God that he's willing to do that. Take the time to do that. That's a true friend. I hope I'm a true friend to him. Amnon had a friend. Wasn't a good one. His name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. And Jonadab was a subtle man. He wasn't a true friend. See, godly friends always sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. The right kind of friend will sharpen you, and you will sharpen him. Open rebuke is better than secret love. See, a friend strengthens your walk with God. True friend doesn't take you away from forward movement in your walk with God. Hey, what kind of friend do you have? You want to you find out? You want to just give it a little test? What do they laugh at? What do they laugh at? What do they think's funny? Fools make a mock at sin. But among the righteous there is favor. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. But can I tell you this? A true friend, actually just the opposite, they don't laugh at the wrong things. They laugh at the right things and they enjoy the blessings for their friends to get blessings and they rejoice if their friend is blessed. And they actually rejoice with the, and they praise and a true friend provides encouragement. Mark Twain said this, he could live on a compliment for three weeks. Just one compliment for three weeks. I don't know if I could live on one compliment for three weeks, but I'll take it. One compliment. And you, you take it too. And so here's the thing. A true friend doesn't put up with gossip and matters repeated. A true friend doesn't talk in a negative way about other true friends. See, a person, you, you know this, a person willing to talk about others is eventually going to talk about you. <laughs> you just mark it down. Just count it as a, as a thing that's going to happen. Your future is being revealed to you. It's not a good one. A forward man sow a strife and a whisperer separated chief friends. He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. See, a true friend is faithful, and they're moving you forward in the walk with God. By the way, a true friend is never going to downgrade another friend that has got a little bit of higher walk with God or a stronger walk with God. They're not going to criticize that. No, a true friend doesn't knock that. They, they might need it someday because, you know, Jonathan, Saul's son, arose in 1 Samuel and Went to David, it says in the wood, and he was, he was being attacked. He's coming after, he's got Saul coming after him, and it says, and he strengthened him in his hand in God. How did he do that? Because he had a walk with God. That's how Jonathan was able to help direct David from his problem onto God's power. True friends, godly friends bring peace to situations. Godly friends resolve tension, and forgiveness is brought immediately. You know, iron sharpens iron. We've got to be careful because when it gets sharpened, a true friend, is going to, that's going to be painful at times. But somebody who doesn't care about me is going to leave their, their, their sword dull, blunt. It's not going to matter. And they don't, they don't care if I get better. They don't care if I have a walk with God and if I'm moving forward with my walk with God or if I'm just stepping back and I'm backsliding or, 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 if, I, or if I'm just you know, telling them what they want to hear or, or they're telling me what I want to hear. No, that's not always good because faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You would think just the opposite. 
Think about that verse, would you, for a moment? You would think that the faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, you would think that I would be getting wounds from my enemy and kisses from a friend. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. This does not mean that if you're a true friend, you're going to provide wounds to your friend. But it means this, that sometimes it's hard to hear what you got to hear. Sometimes this lady over here, my best friend, helps me, and sometimes what she has to say, it, it hurts. It stings a little bit, but you know what? I'm thankful for it. You know what? I needed it. And I probably don't get as much as I need, as much as I deserve. But i got to trust the wounds of a friend. I can't trust the kisses. And you can give me both. Only you're allowed to do that. One person said it this way, flattery is like perfume. Sniff it, but don't swallow it. <laughs> I didn't say that. Another person said that. But it says, He that rebuketh the man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth the tongue. You know, the Bible says, A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. That tells me that flattery can trip us up. It's not that we don't want it. We want the compliments. I mean, Mark Twain said he could live off a compliment for three weeks. But if it's flattery, you know, flattery and hypocrites are very closely related. They're in the same family. You know the difference? Flattery says to your face what, what they won't say behind your back. You get that? Flattery says to your face what they won't say behind your back. A hypocrite will say behind your back what they won't say to your face. That's the only difference between flattery and a hypocrite. So they're in the same family. Verse 16. Verse 16 of John. I hope this has been a help to you. John 15, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Why did he choose? These are the disciples he's talking to. He's making it very clear to them that he loves them. He's going to lay down his life for them. He's their friend. He doesn't look at them as servants, but he calls them friends. And he says, I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Lastly tonight, as we close, and third, a true friend, a man, what a friend I've got, and wow, what a friend. Well, what a friend will be faithful. What a friend will get you forward in your walk with God, will keep you moving in that direction. They won't take you back away from God, and not at all. Lastly, though, there's going to be some fruit, fruitfulness to it. It's going to be fruitful because fruit is going to remain. It says in verse 16, you know, go and bring forth fruit that your fruit should remain. How do you get fruit? It's based upon what you plant. It's based upon the seeds that you put in. Why does the Bible say a man that has friends must show himself friendly? You've got to show yourself. I've got to show myself. And believe me, this has had to be preached to me before I'm preaching it to you tonight. And and I have some learning, some learning still to do and some work, work to cut out for me in my own life. And, but fruit comes from what we put in, the ground. And so tonight I ask you, are you a faithful friend? Are you helping someone move forward in their walk with God? Is there fruit that's going to remain? That could be someone that you need to talk to and tell them about the Lord and 
and show them the Lord Jesus with your, with your lips and your life. And Wow, I want that fruit to remain. Well, it doesn't just happen. Matter of fact, that fruit's going to come as a direct result of being faithful and moving forward in my walk with God. Before you know it, I can't but help but talk about God. Before you know it, I, I want to help others in their walk with God. I want to bring them forward. I want, I want to be faithful and I don't want to, to, to tell them something and I myself be a castaway and, and, and be encouraging others to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So this is where it says go, bring forth fruit. That requires these things. And man, I tell you what, if you can get a friend like that, if you can be that friend, which you and I can, what a friend exclamation point. Not what a friend question mark. Just one little thing on the end of a sentence changes it all, doesn't it? It really makes a difference. And so can you and I. Remember Jude, one of the smallest verses of the Bible, and some have compassion, making a difference. Let's be that part of that some. Would you not commit to that tonight? Be faithful. Be pushing and helping forward to Christ. By the way, you can't take someone, anyone farther than where you are. So you better be moving forward. We've got to move it forward. I can't be content with what's in the past. I can't rest on those laurels. I've got to be moving forward. I've got to be pressing on. Upward heights. Going, going, going forward. And then fruitfulness. Fruit that remains in our own children, in our own church, in our relationships, and definitely our friendships. And I say this tonight. Before I came in this night, tonight, I, I talked to a lady and, and I will say this. She was begging over the phone to, for us to pray. Us to pray. And I thought, what greater way to be a friend? To pray for someone. To pray for someone. And I'll tell you her name. You ready? Write it down, would you? Stacy Gordetzer. Some of you might know her, some of you might not. She needs our prayers. She needs us to be a friend to her. Stacy Gordetzer. She's come to this church. She got baptized a little while back. Many of you might know her. And I hope if you don't, you'll become a friend to her. I don't know why God put this message on my heart tonight, but I hope it's been a help to you in some way or another. Let's be faithful. Let's move people forward. Let's be moving people forward in our walk with God. And let's uh, see fruit as a result of it. God help us. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank You for it. I pray that You'll allow us to take these truths in the Word of God, that it'll be an encouragement to someone. Lord, thank You for the friends that You've put in our lives and the influences. I thank You, Lord God, for the influences I've personally had in my life. I thank You that we can be an influence in others as a direct result of the influences that have been put in our life. Lord, no greater influence than You, God, can be in our life. If we'll give You the time of day, we'll give You the time of our life, and Lord, I pray that we will be true to what Your Word has for us. And Lord, I pray that we will find the truth even from tonight uh, being applied in our life in a special way. We ask You for it. Be with Stacy Gredetzer tonight, I pray. Right now, I pray that You touch her body physically, the needs that she has. Lord, just allow her to feel Your love that You can express in only the way You can. We love You and we thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. 
For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.